now, The Whole Home Show with Tony Joe on CFAX 1070. Hi there, everyone. You're listening to The Whole Home Show, and I'm Tony Joe. Here we are talking about real estate, and our show is brought to you every week in part by Denise Webster, mortgage broker with Dominion Lending Services, Modern Mortgage Group, Lori Zorn, insurance manager for Island Savings, and Carrie Smith, home inspector from Inspectech. If you need an opinion from experts in insurance, mortgages, or building inspection, Denise, Lori, and Carrie are great people to talk with. Just visit the CFAX 1070 website, look under Shows, and there you'll find us, the whole home show with me, Tony Joe. Their contact information is all there. Or you can always find me online, on social media, or by email. I'm with the Prime Real Estate team. My email address is tony at primeteam.ca. My background as your host for the next hour, uh, I have been a realtor here in Victoria since 1991, born and raised here locally. I have overseen over 2,500 transactions here in Greater Victoria. I've seen almost every situation you can imagine, and I like to share them with you. That's the whole idea of this show here. If you do, uh, if you are looking for a second opinion on your real estate needs, whether you're buying or selling, feel free to give me a call. I'll be happy to help you as well. Again, you can find us through the CFAX website uh, or my own website, which is primeteam.ca. Today, we're talking about building inspections, what they're all about, how important they are, what to expect, and more. Our guest is none other than our show sponsor, Carrie Smith from Inspectech. Looking forward to having a great discussion with Carrie, uh, and he'll be sharing some tips and stories for you. Let's start our show with our weekly listener question. If you have a question or curiosity about real estate, give us a call. The hotline number is 250-414-6540. That's 250-414-6540. Or find us, again, online, cfax1070.com and we'll discuss it on the air. And an email this week from Charles. Uh, Charles's email reads, we have an offer on our house. Should it still be shown when the offer is in place? Uh, thanks for your message, Charles. This is a really common question. So you have your property on the market, you have an offer in place, somebody wants to buy it, they presumably have uh, conditions on it, uh, likely things like subject to financing, subject to building inspection, subject to uh, insurance, uh, subject to title review, uh, maybe other conditions as well too. But until such time as those conditions are removed, your sale isn't confirmed yet. So once the conditions uh, are removed, of course, that's when the sold sign goes up. That's when showing stop. That's when there's no more disturbances. It's the point in time that sellers or tenants love the most because it means that that whole grueling process of showings is over. Now, however, if you have conditions in place, does mean that it's not sold yet and anything can happen. We have been hearing instances of financing falling th- falling through nowadays. It's been a little harder to get financing. Uh, banks are getting a little tighter in uh, providing mortgages for people. You know, there's that whole mortgage stress test thing. It affected people's affordability. Properties do need to appraise. Uh, if it is subject to financing, the bank wants to make sure that the price that, y- that your buyer is paying for your house is an appropriate price. They're not overpaying, of course is a risky proposition uh, for the bank. So there's all these conditions and building inspection, which we're going to be talking about today with uh, Carrie Smith, our show sponsor. Anything can happen. You know, when the market is really hot and there's no inventory and people are falling over each other, uh, fighting for houses and multiple offer situations, uh, people didn't really care much about 
things that came up in the building inspection. I mean, we saw, I saw a case myself a couple of years ago where the roof was a major problem, uh, yet the buyer decided to continue with it because for them, it was the only house available in their price range, in their neighborhood, so they took it. Now, fast forward to today, where the market is changing a little bit. Uh, we are seeing people be a little more sensitive to building inspections, uh, so you never know. Now, sorry, Charles, I don't mean to be scaring the heck out of you here, uh, but I just want to reiterate the fact that until such time as your conditions are removed, the property is not sold. Now, you're going to want to talk to your agent, and I'm guessing you probably already have, um, but thanks for asking me the question nonetheless. From an agent standpoint, uh, in many ways, it does make sense to continue having showings on your house because of the fact that it would be better to have a backup, a backup plan or a backup party just in case the first offer falls through. It's always terrible when your first buyer holds off until the very last minute when conditions are due off. You know, usually it's like a Friday at five o'clock or six o'clock and, um, you know, it, it, everyone's under stress and there's nothing worse than uh, them deciding at that point that they don't want to continue. Again, Charles, I don't want to scare you. Um, I, I'm just saying that it's probably not a bad idea to have more showings and to maybe even consider having a backup offer in place. Uh, talk to your agent. Your agent will give you a um, temperature check as to if there are other parties. So if there's a lot of other people that have been expressing interest ever since you had the offer in place, uh, it makes sense to show it to them. Uh, or of course, if it is quiet and there hasn't been interest, well, this is really a non-issue uh, altogether, right? Um, the other thing that we haven't talked about is we don't know whether or not you have a time clause in place. And we've talked about this on the show before uh, in the past. The time clause is when a seller accepts an offer subject to the sale of the buyer's house. Subject to the sale of the buyer's house. Uh, that doesn't mean that the that buyer uh, gets to hold the property for an extended amount of time because they have what's called a time clause. The time clause is basically a right of first refusal. So in other words, um, even though the offer is in place, the seller still has the opportunity to review other offers and sell the house to other people. Uh, the time clause just means that if they do find a second buyer, then the first buyer gets a specified amount of time, whether it's 24 hours, 48, 72 hours, to decide whether or not they want to continue with the sale and remove their condition, or if they are just going to back away and let the second party have it. Again, uh, that wasn't included in your email, Charles, so I don't know uh, if that is a case for you. But for others listening here, if that is a case, then naturally, yes, you still have showings. You still have showings because the house is definitely not sold because you're waiting for the sale of the buyer's house. It's a big variable. Like it, uh, for, for most, we don't know if that's going to happen. Uh, sellers have no control over whether a buyer's property does end up selling. So again, Charles, speak to your agent. Uh, ask him or her about the uh, possibilities of other parties moving forward as well. Uh, and your agent probably too will have a pretty good sense about how strong the offer is that is in place. Uh, it's something that I often tell my sellers. Uh, I'll, I'll let them know. I'll say, you know what? I feel that this offer is 80% done or, you know, this is only a 50-50. I don't want them to get their hopes up too high uh, during the process because uh, it may not happen. And yeah, deals do fall apart for whatever reason. There's, there's one other variable too that I haven't mentioned yet. And sometimes buyers just get cold feet. 
and they change their mind and they decide not to continue on. Now, if they've removed their conditions and if they paid their deposit, uh, the deposit, the monetary consideration in and of itself is generally the thing that prevents buyers from having cold feet. Because, of course, it means that they would have to uh, forfeit their deposit. Um, so that's why the date of condition removal is crucial. It's a very important date uh, because that is when the um, confirmation happens. Is also, generally speaking, one that a deposit is received as well, too. Thank you for your email, Charles. Uh, for all the other listeners as well, if you have a question that you would like to pose, uh, you can email me direct, tony at primeteam.ca, or you can go onto the CFAX 1070 website, look under shows. There you'll find us, the whole home show with me, Tony Joe. Uh, and finally, there's a phone number, 250-414-6540. By the way, if you're scrambling for your pen uh, and you'd like to hear those numbers again, you can always download us. Uh, if you're a podcast listener, go to iTunes or Google Play, and there you'll find us, the whole home show with Tony Joe. Uh, our show's had so many great guests. I'm always looking for more. If you have a business or product that is home or real estate related and you'd like to be a guest on this show, let me know. I'd be happy to chat with you. Uh, we're going to take a break in just a moment here. When we come back, we're going to be having a conversation all about building inspections with our show sponsor, Kerry Smith from Inspectech. We'll be back in just a moment. You're listening to The Whole Home Show with Tony Joe on CFAX 1070. Hey there, everyone. Thanks for coming back. You're listening to The Whole Home Show, and I'm Tony Joe. Just as a reminder, if you have a real estate-related question you'd like us to discuss on the air, give me a call or email me. My email address personally is tony at primeteam.ca. I'd love to hear from you. Uh, today in our studio, our guest is one of our show sponsors, Carrie Smith. Carrie is with Inspectech. Carrie is a longtime building inspector here in Greater Victoria. Carrie, thanks for coming. Good morning, Tony. You're always really busy, so thanks for taking the time to come to the studio today. It's always a pleasure. Um, Carrie, give us your background first. So how long, uh, what got you in a building inspection and how long you've been doing it? Well, I come from a construction family. My, uh, my grandfather built houses in Victoria. My dad became a builder, was born in Victoria. And, uh, of course, I fell into the family curse in the early 70s and got my carpenter certification. You're not old enough. How old were you back then? <laughs> Never mind. We're not going to ask you. You've been around a long time anyways. Yeah. Well, a summer job. I first started working for my dad when I was 14 Okay. in the summer of 71. Okay. And um, that was the first time I, but as a kid growing up, you know, I'd be on the sites. He actually took me to a meeting uh, in Vancouver when I was five years old with Mr. Bentel. Um, as in Bentel Properties? Yeah, Bentel Properties. Okay. And uh, he was bidding on a big job over here in Victoria and thought he'd have a better chance if he had a face-to-face -to -face with Mr. Bentel. And he brought me along as a little kind of a prop window dressing oh, yeah. and got into Mr. Bentel's office and it's right out of cartoons. There's a long, like a 50-foot walk yeah. to, to up to the desk and Mr. Bentel's back there. And my dad parked me on the corner of the desk and... Uh, and uh, Mr. Bentel gave me a candy, and he credits me with getting that job that, I, that Mr. <laughs> Bentel was so charmed with his little five-year-old contractor's boy. Nice, nice. So I come by it honestly. Great. Um, with my dad's company, we built uh, oh, everything from commercial. We worked on the BC Provincial Museum. Um, tons of renovations on so the- So you uh, drive by buildings every day that you actually had a hand in-, in Oh, yeah. Oh, in, yeah. Yeah, it's very few. construction. Yeah, very, very few that I haven't been involved in over the last, you know, 45 years. Yeah. And uh, there's a lot of sentiment there because, you know, it's my dad and 
And I remember all these times we were up on the roof together, you know, struggling at midnight, trying to put something together because the drywallers were coming in the morning and, and that kind of stuff. So it's, uh, you know, it's, it's just really cool. And of course, I own a house that my grandfather built in 1928 mm-hmm. o- over on Quadra Street. And we picked that up some years ago and restored it and spent, my dad used to have this saying about renovations. Uh, you renovate the bathroom and then the hallway leading to the bathroom looks like heck. Yep. So it never ends. So I, I got this house and figured I'd spend ten or $15,000, spill some paint on the walls, change the countertops, make it nice as a rental. And of course, $100,000 later, it's a beautiful, museum class restoration and a yeah. you know um to my uh, my dad and my grandpa yeah and you've got a history there because it was oh, a yeah. family house yeah it's just too cool yeah. so yeah i drive by them all the time it's uh, you know neat. actually I, and i gotta say as well too we have a family uh our, my grandmother also lived on quadra street uh sort of across the street from the italian um bakery there no way yeah tommy street uh, yeah, just up the street there. Yeah. Our, and, our house is on the corner of Inverness. Oh, there we go. That in is the neighborhood. Bizarre. So, yeah. so uh, that house was on the market. I think it was maybe two years ago. Mm-hmm. And I didn't have any buyers to show it to, but you know, I, I my family is like, maybe we should go by and have a look at the house. You know, just for uh, old times' sake. We never did. You know? Oh, really? Uh, yeah. But yeah. Uh, a lot of history. So, anyways, you've got history here in town. You were born and raised Victorian. Mm-hmm. Your dad is born and raised Victorian. Your yep. grandfather. Emigrated right? from England in oh, 1902. Okay. Yeah. Grandpa was a plumber, yeah. and he worked his whole life for the municipality of Saanich and uh, built houses on the side in that neighborhood, Quadra, Ptolemy, um, and He built a half a dozen houses. And, um, you know, I, like I say, came into the family business and became a carpenter and um, have never looked back. But I'm getting old. <laughs> have been getting old for a long time. (laughs) And um, as a builder on my own, it's, you know, some years you you win big, some years you don't. And uh, it's a certain kind of person that can can survive year after year after year with the big risks and the big wins, big losses. So I decided to make a career change 25 years ago and become a building inspector, uh, which dovetailed nicely as that profession, professional service was integrating into the real estate practice in Victoria. When I started, there was just one other inspector. Yeah. And um, uh, me being a, a real builder who actually... You know, and it's funny. I remember that time. Yeah, there, of course There, you do. there yeah. were very few choices, right? Yeah. Yeah. And uh, the, the fellow who was a building inspector in, at that time, great guy, mm-hmm. but his previous uh, business was running a men's clothing store. Mm-hmm. No construction background at all. Mm-hmm. And so I thought, well, gee, I really am a builder. I actually do have some competence. If well, this and you know what? Do it. This is still the truth, though, as well. I'm not speaking about in Victoria here, but I, I mean, I know of so many instances uh, in every marketplace where somebody has been completely unrelated to the construction or building trade and has oh, yeah. just decided, hey, I think I want to be a building, building inspector. Sure. A- and um, they just start up, and, and but they don't have the background that you do. No, well, that's, you know, it's uh, the do-it-yourselfer era. And we've got all these programs on TV, YouTube, um, find online. it and flip it and flop it, and yeah. <laughs> and uh, Mike Holmes, of course. Yeah. Actually, it might interest uh, you and your listeners. I'm one of only 25 certified Mike Holmes inspectors in uh, North America. Wow. I'm the only one in BC. I think there's a, a couple back in Toronto. Yeah. So I actually do inspections for Mike Holmes here in Victoria, and, and which is kind of a, a feather in in the cap. But uh, in those days, not too many. Now there's, with government licensing and really high standards that we have, both professional and ethical, um, uh, there's there's a lot of great inspectors in Victoria now. The population is probably about 25 people. Yeah. And um, so we have the opposite problem now where there's actually some competition. 
And so a number of these fellows, like perhaps in the real estate community as well, have other jobs but, and while they're trying to break into the, uh, the building inspection profession. Yeah. But there, there's no, there's no incompetent inspectors in Victoria. Absolutely not. Other provinces, maybe. Yeah. Well, actually, certainly. But uh, yeah. in Victoria, and in the we states for sure, group. it's rampant in yeah. the states. Yeah. Because of that thing, you know. Well, gee, I'm the pizza business went flop, so let's try this. Yeah. Get into building inspection. <laughs> uh, so 25 years. Yes, this is our 25th year in Victoria. Absolutely. Great. Now, our, our listeners may recognize uh, Carrie uh, because your vehicle is rather conspicuous. So tell us about that. Well, it's just a, a nice white Chevy van. And uh, about 25 years ago, there was this um, stereo store in town that, that was, it was a hot rod kind of a place. And they had a really neat looking white Chevy van with cool wheels and a great sign. And I thought, wow, what a great, what a great company vehicle, that particular format. So I kind of copied them. And now we've got quite a fleet yeah. of these very nice white. Because you clean. have other inspectors too. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And um, uh, a vehicle, a van particularly, with a sign, uh, good sign on the side of it, gets the same marketing exposure as a billboard on the highway. Yeah, for sure. And so, you're all over the place. Yeah, all, all well, all the communities, of course, and we're out every day doing inspections. Yeah. And being um, so well received over all these years and supported by the, the good people of Victoria, um, even when the market slows down, we still do a ton of inspections because it's become quite dirt diversified. Of course, there is just real estate transactions. But we do depreciation reports for condominium buildings, of course. We do um, status reports for people that own their home and just want to, they've lived there 20 years and, yeah. and hear horror stories on TV and in the newspaper and, and make decisions. And, you we know, should we, really we, get it checked. We've mentioned this on the show uh, many times uh, before. This is a good idea because, see, the, the, the thing is most homeowners seem to wait until a problem occurs to correct sure. it, you know, whether it's drain tile or roof or gutters or whatever. Uh, and we've been talking, this was one of your points, uh, uh, you know, because we have tips from our sponsors like you, and you had mentioned a little while ago, get those things figured out in advance. Oh, yeah. You know, because yeah. because commercial companies, you know, you look at uh, malls, you look at any of the big supermarkets, they are doing regular checks on their property just to avoid any any incidences, right? Yeah, there's actually a name for it. It's called PMP, okay. Preventative Maintenance Program. Yeah. And virtually every commercial property, and they teach this in property management school and maintenance schools, to they devise a program of preventative maintenance. Why wait till, because it's Murphy's Law. Yeah. The Elevator's going to break Christmas Eve when yeah. elevator technicians charge $2,000 an hour. Yeah. You're st- you're you know, for me, it's always Easter. Our <laughs> revenue property, Easter. We know Easter is always going to be like something yeah. happens. Yeah. 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 And perimeter drains, you know, they back up Christmas Eve when you got a house full and plumbers charge $1,000 Well, here's a hour. question for the listeners here. Preventative maintenance program. Yeah. Uh, who of the listeners here would be interested in a preventative maintenance program? Because I think Carrie and I should talk about maybe providing that uh, to homeowners here in the region. Yeah, it, what do you it, think? It's a great offering. We we do a fair bit of it uh, yeah. as it is, and when we show up, and it doesn't cost much. It's you know a hundred dollars, hundred and fifty dollars. Oh, we'll happily come out to your house. Yeah, because I, it doesn't matter what the building is. Within 20 minutes, I can tell you, thumbs up or thumbs down, either this building has big problems or it has no or, or only small problems. So it's not a big time commitment on my part. Um, I'm getting up in years now, as I keep uh, <laughs> keep mentioning, and uh, as people get to my time of life, <laughs> you start to feel the, the very honest and natural desire to, to give back. Yeah. 
and the, the, the city has supported me so well and my family and my kids for so long. It, it's uh, it's really a nice thing just to go, and I do it with the infrared scans. People call us all the time from your Yeah, program. I, w- I want to cover that when we get back from our from our break because mm-hmm. that's been one of the things that you've been doing to our uh, for the listeners here, right? Oh, yes. Yeah. yeah. So we're here talking with Kerry Smith, uh, home inspector, building inspector with Inspectech. Uh, he's here talking about building inspections for the rest of the show here. But we're going to take a break. When we come back, we'll pick up our conversation about home building inspections and maybe preventative maintenance projects. Program, back in just a moment. Now, The Whole Home Show with Tony Joe on CFAX 1070. Hi, everyone. You're listening to The Whole Home Show, and I'm Tony Joe. Our show is brought to you in part by Denise Webster, mortgage broker with Dominion Lending Services Modern Mortgage Group, Lori Zorn, insurance manager for Island Savings, and Carrie Smith, home inspector from Inspectech. If you need an opinion from experts in insurance, mortgages, or building inspection, give Denise, Lori, and Carrie a call. As it turns out, Carrie is even in our studio today, so he's here to talk about building inspection. And as a reminder, if you have a real estate-related question you'd like me to discuss on the air, give me a call or email me. My personal email is tony at primeteam.ca. Carrie Smith from Inspectech. Again, thanks for coming, Carrie. Hi, Tony. Glad to be here, always. You know, we were talking just before the break about um, preventative maintenance uh, programs. Right, people making sure that they uh, have a good look at their house throughout the year, so that you can identify things before problems happen. So that's a service that you provide. Oh yes, absolutely. Uh, it's you know you don't have to be a rocket scientist to think, gee, not a bad idea to go poke my head up in the attic and mm-hmm. and see if there's if the roof's still there. Okay, yeah. so for instance, I'm one of these people. I have never been in my attic. Of course you haven't. Why would you? Yeah, and that's kind of the the nature of the conundrum. So many components and systems and parts of buildings are are concealed. Yeah. And it's human nature, out of sight, out of mind. Um, my dad used to say, people can only see as far as their flashlight shines. Yeah. And if it's not in your, in your sphere of volition, your ken, why would you think about it? Yeah. Unless it, it does blow off yeah. or a hurricane or, you know, some traumatic event. Uh, but there's, uh, it's just everything. There's perimeter drains. There's the attic. There's plumbing systems. A lot of houses in Victoria have aluminum wire. And they're all now getting to be 40 and 45 years old. Um, it's just uh, the list is there's, there's probably a thousand items that we check. And, and even a homeowner like myself, if I was to get up in the attic, the thing is, what am I looking for? I wouldn't know what to look for. And that's why people like you are around. Well, yes, a- a- absolutely. But you you know your house. You're familiar with it. And even though you don't may not have expert knowledge and a and a program and a and a method of doing this, if you poke your head up in the attic, you'll notice if something looks different. Mm-hmm. And if you walk around your house uh, consciously and just have a look, look at the windows, look at the walls. We have this technique that we teach our students: look at it as though you've never seen one before. Look at the at the door that you're on your building <clears throat> as though you've never seen a door before. You don't know how to spell door. You don't know what a door is. And it's amazing how that will multiply your observational skill. Mm-hmm. And we actually do that in our inspections. We, we go through the list and because otherwise all you're going to find is the things you expect to find. Yeah. If you don't expect to find it, you won't see it. Yeah. And uh, they have this, um, this wonderful memory trick that, that illustrates the point um, where the, the test is, draw a picture of the steering wheel in your car. Okay. And almost no one can do it. Yeah. You sit there staring right. It couldn't be closer to your nose than your nose. And you stare at it for years and don't have a clue what it looks like. So because much you're so, never observing it. Yeah. 
Yeah. Yeah. But if you looked at a steering wheel like you'd never see one before, yeah. you would be able to draw a perfect picture of it. Yeah. Interesting. And so I encourage people once a year, just as a homeowner, take responsibility, take a little initiative, set aside half an hour for Sunday morning, mm. bring the kids along, yeah. <laughs> family adventure. Yeah. And pop the pop open the attic access and just poke your head up and have a look. Maybe you got squirrels and don't know it. Yeah. Maybe a shingle blew off and there's a funny stain. Nine times out of ten you won't find anything, but one time out of ten you will, and you'll be really glad you did. Well, and speaking of attics, the biggest one that that we bump into in the real estate business that you're usually identifying for us is mm-hmm. when those bathroom uh, ducts, the duct work that goes through the roof. Sure. When the when the actual uh, duct falls off. So all of that moist air isn't going out of the house. It's recircling in the attic, right? Yeah, that's exactly correct. And um, bathroom fans are in the 70s and and 80s. We didn't have them. Well, we had bathroom fans, but they just blew into the attic. Yeah, okay. There's a little nipple on the side of the fan that's intended to connect to a duct, which is then routed through the attic and up to a roof vent. But that really only became a, a, a rigid practice in the 90s. So, and there's a good reason for it. In the 80s and earlier, building materials were a lot more durable in general. Mm-hmm. Of course, there's still great construction supplies available. Of course, there's great builders. But the average, the standard, was different then. Okay. We used shiplap and Douglas fir. Now we use spruce and OSB or, or particle board. Yeah. And in those years, um, buildings were a lot more moisture tolerant in every way. And also, they weren't as energy efficient, so they were drafty. And so air moving, if moisture accumulated, it would just, you know, draft out, vent out, evaporate. But now buildings are so energy efficient, if there's any moisture, such as a bathroom fan, it sits there. And in the case of a roof, the the angled part of the roof, the slope, of course, there's no insulation there. It's just the plywood or the OSB. That's hot, steamy shower air hits the cold plywood and condenses and sits there in the, like like little water droplets. And um, if there's any fungus or any kind of microorganism floating around, which there necessarily will be, every microbe on the planet likes two things in a, in a host environment, warm, wet conditions. Yeah. And so we have that steamy, warm air and then that damp plywood, and it's just a, a perfect recipe for mold. And we find lots of mold in attics. Yeah, so that's when you go, you open up the attic access, and you have a look, and on the underside of the roof, you see yeah. black mold mildew, right? Yeah, discoloration, gray, pink, black. Yeah. There's a, there's, I'd like to clarify something with that because it can assuage some anxiety on the part of the people. Yeah. Um, there's this phrase that's caught hold in the past 15 years, black mold. Oh, yes. Oh, oh, yeah. is it the black mold? Oh, that's the bad one, the black mold. Yeah. Well, there's 80,000 species of mold. Okay. About 79,000 of them, they're black. Yes. <laughs> no kidding. Okay. There's some pink ones, there's, there's some gray ones. Yeah. Where this derives from is in the 80s, um, we started hearing about a particular species called Stachybotrys. Ah, that's right. If you look it up, you'll find Stachybotrys. It's a yeah. four-letter word. Um, and Stachybotrys is distinctively black. It's so black, it's almost purple. It's very unique. Most molds, you can't tell which species they are just by looking at them because, like I say, they're all black. 
But stachybotrys, you can because it's so distinctive. And so this has been kind of misinterpreted yeah. through the general conversation to think, oh, black mold, oh, black mold. And most molds are black. Yeah. <laughs> so you don't have to have a heart attack just because you see a little discoloration oh, around wow, the bathtub man, or up in I the haven't, attic. I haven't heard stachybotrys for a long time. Well, oh, that's I, the one. Yeah. yeah, oh, yeah and, and it has serious health consequences if you inhale it. Very hard for the, for yeah. the doctor to get rid of it. The other one, and I don't want to load a bunch of heavy terms on, there's stachybotrys. And the other one that's pretty nasty is called aspergillus. Mm-hmm. Those two are, are big health concerns. We don't see them very often. They're, they're quite rare, but they do occur in Victoria. Yeah. And um, the, 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 but the stachybotrys is the easiest spot because it's, it's unbelievably black. It's so deep, deep, deep. Yeah. And uh, it's a worry. But most mold is just house mold, little bleach and water and or detergent and, and water and uh, clean it up. Yeah, well, those are the things that a uh, building inspector like yourself can identify. Um, just before the break, we were talking about uh, the other thing that you have offered, actually, uh, to CFAX listeners here, because you've been doing um, uh, infrared uh, exams for people. So tell, tell the listeners about that if they didn't know about it already. Yeah, well, in- infrared thermography is the term. And what it is, we have a little device that will take uh, an infrared uh, picture of, uh, of a surface. And what infrared takes a picture of is a heat pattern. They call it a heat signature. And so this device will turn a temperature pattern into a visual image. Um, that might be hard to understand. Well, uh, so here's the thing. Any, anyone uh, listening uh, who remembers the movie Predator... Yes, where the aliens, you know, saw in uh, heat uh, signatures. That's exactly what this looks like, right? That's exactly what it looks like. Yeah. yeah, and you see it on the uh, on the crime drama shows too when they're doing yeah. the CSI stuff. Yes. Uh, a- anyway, um, if something is damp, it'll necessarily be colder than the surface adjacent, which is dry. Yeah. And uh, with this device, this little screen shows up, and you and you see what you're looking at. If it's cool, it'll be purple, and if it's warm, it'll be orange. And so uh, if I look at a building wall, where the wall studs are, the wood framing members, of course, there's no insulation where that wood is. The insulation is between the wall studs. So there'll be a cool line where the wall stud is that's transmitting a little heat from the room to the outside. Between the wall studs, there's insulation. So the plasterboard or rock is actually warmer. So I'll see an orange area and then this vertical purple line, 16 inches of orange area, vertical purple line. You can actually even see the screw heads that are holding the jib rock on because so, that metal is cool. So this is something you've said. If any uh, caller is interested, if any uh, listener is interested, give you a call, and you'd be happy to do that. Again, it's a great way for people to identify if there's issues with their house. Oh right? yeah, yeah. It's just a free service that we offer at Inspect Tech. Uh, no obligation, no loss lead, or nothing like that. Just a thank you to the people. And what number do people call to, to, to get in touch with they you? They can call Inspect Tech 24 hours a day, seven days a week at two five zero nine two zero eight three two four. That's great. Well, listen, we got to take a break. Uh, when we come back, we'll be picking up with Carrie Smith, Building Inspector, back in just a moment. This is The Whole Home Show with Tony Joe on CFAX 1070. Hi there, you're listening to The Whole Home Show, and I'm Tony Joe. Just as a reminder, if you have a real estate-related question you'd like me to discuss on the air here on our show, give me a call or email me at tony at primeteam.ca. We're having a conversation today about building inspection with Carrie Smith with Inspectech. Carrie is one of the sponsors of our show, helps uh, to bring our show to you every week. Uh, Carrie, thanks again for coming. It's a pleasure to be here, Tony. Always happy. You've been you've been at this job for 25 years. You've probably seen, I mean, I've seen a lot of interesting things. You have probably seen some really odd things. Off the top of your head, what's like the most, has anything shocked you? 
Well, yeah, not so much shock. Sometimes I get my heart broken. Oh. You know, we go in people's homes every day. Yep. And um, everyone lives somewhere. I, I always tell people, you meet, as a building inspector, you meet every kind of human being they make. And people say to me, well, no, you just meet people that are buying and selling houses. Well, that's not true. I meet their tenants, too. Yeah. And, you know, these basement dwellers and these artists and these, uh, you know, like I say, every kind of human they, being they make. Um, we meet superstars, sports stars, movie stars, and people that have these traumatic lives, you know, and it really... Uh, yeah, things really have happened that have, that have facilitated a sale, for instance. Yep. Yeah. Well, sure. Yeah. And then I guess probably the people love to laugh at themselves. I, I love to laugh at myself and others, too, and our own naivety, and we just get ourselves inside out and backwards. And so... Um, uh, a couple of years ago, I was up on a, up looking at a house over by Camosun College, and it was a windy day. And I usually tie my ladder off. Um, what that means is oh. you put the ladder up against the house, <laughs> yeah. tie the top of the ladder to the gutter or a pipe so that it can't slide or fall over. Yeah. Well, I left my lash down in the van, and I was a little behind on the inspection, so I thought, oh, it'll be okay. And I, I would get up on the ladder, and I'm up on the roof looking around, and here, pretty soon I hear this slip, 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 kaboom, yeah. and over goes my ladder. And the funny thing about uh, real estate building inspections is the time framing is quite regimented. Yes. I have to show up at a certain time, yeah. and the people who are buying the house are going to show up at a certain time, and sometimes they go directly from the inspection to their lawyer's office to sign the documents. Yeah. And uh, we have to, you know, show up on time every time, be finished on time. It's, it's uh, a little bit Because you do pressure. three or four of these a day. Oh, yeah. We do a huge yeah. volume of inspections. Yeah. yeah. And so my, my ladder blew over. <laughs> okay. And here I am stuck on this roof. It's too tall to jump. Yeah. And I'm looking around for a drain pipe or a sun deck or something. <laughs> okay. I can let myself off this damn roof. And <laughs> there, was a, there was a big fir tree about five feet out yeah. away from the house. And I'm eyeing up that fir tree like, you know, if I jump, and maybe I can <laughs> grab onto it for dear life and slide down without shaving my nose off. Yeah. And uh, I was just about ready to go, and I saw these two uh, young Camosun College students, two guys in their 20s, yeah. just getting out of school and walking down the, the road. Yeah. And I was able to flag them down say, hey, hey, Help bud, me with the ladder. <laughs> you want to put my ladder back up for me? <laughs> a little embarrassing. Yeah. And hey, they jumped to it. Nice young fellas put the ladder up. And I got down huffing and puffing and oh my goodness, saved my bacon. Yeah. And I gave them each 20 bucks and they couldn't believe it. Nice. Because they saved me uh, a lot of and trouble. And tip of the day, lash your, your bladder <laughs> to the roof. Yeah. Tie the ladder up. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Yeah, there's this thing in, uh, you know, there's risk in any trade, and the biggest risk in, in the building inspections is to do with ladders, of course, and um, because, you know, uh, it's not really the fall that hurts you, it's that, that sudden stop at the bottom, no right? No kidding. And I've never fallen, and like I say, I'm, I'm getting in up In all there your nice. years in the business, no. good for you. Yeah, that's correct. Good well, you. I'm, you know, I'm careful. Yeah. And there's this, um, this no man's land kind of point where you're getting either off the ladder onto the roof or off the roof back onto the ladder. And there's that point where you're you're not on the roof anymore, but you're not quite on the ladder yet. Yeah. <laughs> and that's where the rubber meets the road in this business. Just so I'm just shift of it's time to slow down, yeah. calm down, pay it, put the cell phone away. Yeah. <laughs> 
pay attention to what you're doing and, and make sure you're safe and uh, get back down to terra firma. <laughs> Good for you. Good for you. Um, and again, you know, we, you would bump into some things that other people don't get to see uh, crawling around in crawl spaces and stuff like that. Not my favorite part of the job. No. And then you meet, you know, uh, other critters. Well, other critters other than me, you, yeah. you have some, some quadrupeds. <laughs> yes. Um, well, actually, yes and no. They don't really come out and wave at you. Yeah. Um, I am. I got a promise. I there is very few people on the planet who are less in love with with pests than I am. Yeah. I would, uh, you know, <laughs> I avoid them at all costs. Yeah. But they leave these little cigars behind, and yeah. sometimes you spot. Well, their because it, so the thing is, they avoid you as well too, because they they only they're, come out at night. They're quite whatever, timid. Right? Yes. They really are as a, uh, and they tend to just stay away. And of course, we're talking. Rats, we're talking mice. Squirrels, squirrels. raccoons. Yeah. Raccoons are pretty nasty. Yeah. Um, actually, I'm glad you mentioned this because we've been talking about homeowners and taking responsibility for their property and being inquisitive. And um, one thing I really want people to know and for, for everyone to know is if you encounter a peril in an attic or in a crawl space, you can't run. Yeah. You're in big trouble. If you if there's a wasp nest and you're in the attic and all of a sudden yeah. you can't run. Yeah. You're in or if you're in your, your own crawl space and there's a squirrel and some cubs down there, yeah. you can't run away. Yeah. So uh, I want to caution people, by all means, be inquisitive, uh, t- have a look, open the attic access panel slowly. Look around very thoroughly before you get in. Same with the crawl space. Have a bright flashlight and make sure there are no perils before you enter that space because you don't want to discover it after you're in or you are in big trouble, bub. No kidding. Yeah. See, we never think about that kind no, of stuff. No, no. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Make sure there's water in the pool before you jump in. That's right. <laughs> That's a good, good point. Yeah. Especially off the diving board. Mm-hmm. Um, now, uh, these uh, these little critters, uh, sure. as, we, as we generally know, they're not around in the, in the daytime. Uh, but what you're saying is they leave clues, right? Well, yeah, they do. I mean, they chew things and they leave debris and they make nests. But it's these little cigars that are the most conspicuous. Yes. And um, they're, uh, they're, they're devious, diligent. I, I don't know if I despise or admire them more. Yes. They're so smart. Yeah. They're so hardworking. They don't give up. And they're so disgusting. Yeah. Um, but we find them in like the nicest houses in town and oh, the nicest oh, yeah. neighborhoods, right? Oh, yeah. Yeah, a- absolutely. Um, it's m- oftentimes the areas that have a bay in the word. Oh. <laughs> Oak Bay, yes. Cordova Bay, yes. James Bay. Cadra Bay. Cadra Bay, yeah, absolutely. Got it. There's this um, misconception that if your property's near the water, you're going to have a greater population of, of uh, varmints. Well, they don't swim over here from from Port Angeles. <laughs> yes, you know they come from Victoria. But what they do, how they end up in the ocean, is they come down either the sewage outfalls or the storm drain. Out. They get flushed down the pipes and then they swim back to shore. Wow! They don't come from the ocean. No. I mean, I guess we all came from the ocean originally, but <sighs> it's not uh, it's not really proximity to the ocean. It's proximity to a storm drain or sewage outfall. Yeah. And I expect that when we have this big engineered sewage treatment system in place, that will probably reduce the population, the number of, of pests that come back uh, up the beach to these, uh, these properties. Yeah. Uh, another thing on that point, if I might just continue, uh, a lot of these things, taking care of your property, taking care of your house, defending or solving pest problems, uh, it's, it's a lot of common sense. With to, do with, to do with critters, they're looking for food and shelter. Yeah. And they're logical. If, if you're providing food and shelter, 
they'll show up yeah. and then they'll go tell their friends. Yes. But if there's nothing for them, they go they're elsewhere. not going to hang around. If they they'll don't go have, to another place that has Well, that. sure. Yeah. If you've got a bird feeder, an open compost box, little hidey hole sheds with a two-inch space under the door, pet pet dishes that you leave outside, yeah. um, grapevines, all that kind of stuff growing up the house. This is very attractive to, and not just quadrupeds, insects too. You'll get carpenter ants the same way. Yeah. Um, and so just, you know, walk, be logical about it. If there's, it. Don't provide food and shelter and you probably won't have a rodent problem. Yeah. Yeah, one of, one of those things. We're here talking with Kerry Smith, Inspectech. Uh, he's a building inspector here uh, in Victoria and has been doing it for uh, a very, very long time. You know, I've been present when you've done your walkthrough with um, buyers because, of course, that's part of your process. You mentioned that earlier where you spend time in the property and you do your inspection. Uh, and then afterwards, generally speaking, the person who's buying the house wants to know what they're getting and you spend time with them. Uh, to tell us about what your process is when you do that. I've seen it, so let the listeners know. Well, if we generate a, a written building inspection report, we, we I don't want to say dumb it down, but we try to use everyday normal language, not too much technical terminology because not everyone is, uh, is expert in this field. <clears throat> but it's just so helpful to people if they can attend the inspection, have a conversation with the inspector, go through the details, ask questions, as opposed to just getting an email and, and reading something that they have to understand. So I really encourage people to, uh, to attend their building inspection if at all they can. We work uh, a very flexible schedule because, of course, normal people work during the day. We do inspections in the evening. On the weekends, we'll absolutely accommodate you. But I really encourage you to consider coming out. Um, however, having said that, there isn't too many people that have the, the mental discipline to be able to carry on a conversation and concentrate 100% on their work at the same time. Mm -hmm. So uh, if, if you'd cut your inspector a break and just let him or her do his work, concentrate in the house, absolutely hang around, measure rooms, yeah. pay attention and observe, but uh, let this person figure out what's going on with your building. And then at the end of the inspection, we set aside an hour to have the conversation to report to you. We'll have our written report ready. We'll go through all the details, yeah. question and answer for as much time as necessary, and go to any parts of the property that, uh, that you know, I really want to show you something, a stain or a crack, to, because uh, a picture's worth a thousand words, and being able to see it is, uh, you know, gets you, the You know, I'm across. glad you bring this up, because every once in a while, we'll have a buyer that says, I want to be there. If the inspector's going to be there for two hours, I want to shadow the inspector. I want to see everything that's going on. We know that is not practical because you've got a process and a procedure. You know, you know what to look for and when, and, and you're probably not going to say it right now, and I'll say it for you. Having somebody who is not aware of uh, uh, building codes and everything uh, shadow you is going to hinder your ability to do a good inspection. Yeah, it really does. It's, it doesn't support quality. It, it's it's an extra complication, yeah. an extra distraction, and, and um, the at the end result, if you do it, if you have an inspector that does a hundred inspections with uh, a cub, yeah. you know, nitpicking yeah. quality. Uh, um, the average quality of that inspection is going to be lower when we when you have someone accompany you. We do um, we teach building inspection programs, um, and we absolutely conduct classes on site with with budding building inspectors, and that's different because no one's buying the house, yeah. and it's just a totally different practice, format. Yeah, yeah uh, that's how you learn. Yeah. Um, 
but uh, having uh, having someone in tow, you know, uh, they're not going to, someone's getting their kidneys out, and uh, Uncle Joe's <laughs> not going to be standing there at the operating table saying, hey, what's this thing, bub? You know? <laughs> exactly. Now listen, Carrie, if people need to reach you, how can they do that? Um, inspectech at Shaw.ca. You better spell that out, actually. We're, uh, we're on the web. It's I-N-S-P-E-C-T-E-C-H. Yeah. Inspectech at Shaw.ca. Inspectech.org on the interweb. Yep. And our direct cell 250-920-8324. That's great. Carrie, thanks for coming. Thanks for supporting our show. I mean, this is, uh, 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 listeners have depended on hearing real estate uh, advice and everything week after week, and you uh, have sponsored us, and uh, you're such a great wealth of uh, experience. We love calling on you. Thanks for coming this week. And uh, for the rest of the listeners, uh, we're going to be here for you this time next week to talk about all things real estate. See you next week.